for tuning in the show. You are tuning to Voice It. It's CCFM. It's your host, Sean Lee. And as promised, live on air right now, we've got my friend, uh, Dr. Tim Tucker. How are you doing, Tim? Hey, Sean. Yep. Good to hear from you again. I'm doing very well. Good oh. to be back on the show. Oh, man. It's always great hearing from you. Listen, uh, am I getting better at introducing you, though? I want to know that. Because um, <laughs> if I'm failing at that, I'm, I'm going to need to add. A, no, uh, oh, no you're, doing, you're, doing, you're doing fine. Just keep it. The simpler, the better. Oh, the simpler, the better. Yeah, you see, that's why I love you so much. You're such a man of not only wisdom, but humility. And uh, so, Tom, you see, so, so excited about tonight's topic, like I am about every single topic in the book, Grabital. And um, so this this chapter, we're actually speaking on leading with compassion. It's a term we don't often um, see in books on leadership. So why did you feel it's so important to uh, commit a full chapter to this within the book? Yeah, I think um, I was actually greatly influenced. I mean, you say that not many... Um, books written on it. I was greatly influenced by a small book I read. I actually can't remember the name of the author right now, but it was called uh, Leading with Love. Wow. And, there were, and there was a book that, that actually took um, 1 Corinthians 13, the great love chapter, yeah. and, and showed how uh, love can be a great framework uh, for leadership. Um, and again, you know, every week we talk about the countercultural nature of, yeah. of servant leadership. Um, and so, you know, Passion is a word that's used a lot in leadership, yeah. um, and leaders often passionately express their vision, their calling, their dreams, and their goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, but sometimes, I think passion without compassion can again lead to that place of potentially um, using people to your own ends rather than seeing them flourish uh, where they are at. So, so compassion, I guess helps counterbalance sometimes our passion. Yeah. Uh, passion is good. I'm not against passion, but compassion uh, um, brings up that element of, of um, ensuring that we're focusing on the other people and the value and worth um, of others uh, within our leadership. Oh, man, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. There's one portion or one caption that caught my eye. Uh, it said, the only way to maintain a passionate heart is continually to make a choice to be a compassionate leader. Hey, uh, yeah. I love that in the book you actually say that it's a choice that must be made. And I thought that that was, that was just a great way of putting it. Now, now, you mentioned that one practical response to fuel and express compassion is prayer. Would you kindly share your thoughts around this? Yeah, I think, you know, in that last quote, it's a matter of the heart, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I think it's in, in leadership when so many things are happening around us and there's so many challenges that we face, it can be very easy to have a heart, become hard-hearted. Yeah. Um, even as believers, even as Christians, you know, I think it's a massive challenge that our, that our hearts become hard, our hearts become hard towards people, our hearts become hard, even towards the environment, we, we carry hurt. And, and pain with us. Yeah. And so, you know, a, a prayer I often uh, pray, you know, it's just a great prayer of David, creating me a pure heart. Oh, that's good. Um, but I also pray, you know, take my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh um, because I want to naturally protect my heart um, and I want to build barriers around it to stop getting hurt sometimes, particularly when, when we've been leading for a while and we yeah. know that, that something when we engaged in the people business, we might get rejected. We might get um, our, our good intentions thrown back in our face. It, it can be very difficult. Um, so it can be easy to get uh, hard-hearted and begin to protect ourselves. So prayer, I think, is the key to coming before God and laying before our hearts before him and saying, yes, it is tough. 
uh, Lord, but I see it's worth it. I need to have that soft heart, that heart of love and that heart of compassion in order that my passion for the kingdom, in order my passion for the gospel, in order my passion for others to love God and to love people can be retained um, and and to have that kind of, you know, that that, that, um, that, that clean up um, of our heart and that, that new heart created back back within us. Uh, so I think the presence of God is, is just critical for that uh, prayer uh, and seeking him and asking him for his heart. Um, you know, another, I guess, his heart, but also his eyes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, we want to see that. the world as he see, sees, see people as he sees people. Um, and, and often we, we, you know, we, we see um, the, uh, the problems, we see the pain, we yeah. see the difficulty. Uh, but when we ask for God's heart and God's eyes, we begin to see things as he sees things, um, and that can help us then have a transformational perspective as leaders. Oh man, totally love that so much, Tom. You know, um, in in leadership, there was um, one of my pastor friends that I spoke to, and, and he actually always makes this analogy. You, you know that in in the Bible, uh, it often refers to 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 the, the followers of Christ, to the good shepherd as sheep. You know, mm. and and he says being a shepherd over over a certain flock. You know, some Sometimes sheep bite, you know, and and so yeah. dealing dealing with people, uh, it's generally that you know uh, you you put your hand or you're trying to guide the sheep, and and they and they more often than not uh, follow your lead, but there's often where they might feel a dead threat and then they actually bite you <laughs> and, and, and if you look at a leader in, the, in that essence or a shepherd in that essence uh, the shepherd won't necessarily kill off the flock you know he still shepherds them um, compassionately uh, toward greener pastures and uh, yeah. I thought yeah. that was that was just such a, a fundamental thing you touched on w- within the book and and, and mm-hmm. so 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 we speak of this this element of compassion Tim, uh, I'm not sure if, if, if you want to elaborate a bit more on this after we do a music break, because I feel that there was a there was a great need to speak into this, the Good Samaritan. Maybe, maybe let's go for this, and after mm. this we can we can go into into the music break. But but you speak on this this compassion. To, to who do we show this compassion? I guess that that's the question. Yeah, yeah, and the the, the parable of the Good Samaritan is obviously a, a great place to start. Yeah. Uh, when we're looking for, for Jesus' countercultural approach uh, to how we show uh, compassion. Uh, and I think the contrast I like to draw is actually, um, you know, the man that, that came to Jesus with that question, you know, who is my neighbor? Yeah. Um, in, in some ways, you know, we see him as, as, as trying to almost trick Jesus or, or you know, put a stumbling block in, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. Jesus. Um, and, and the reality was that, the, that that man was trying to justify himself. Yeah. Um, you know, he was he was trying to. Um, it's a very self-centered question. You know, what must we do to be saved? You know, what must I do? Um, and Jesus said, you know, um, love love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And then yeah. he says, well, who is my neighbor? His whole his whole approach is almost to get the. Uh, the get out of jail free card, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to know yeah. that although there are some people you really don't have to love, you know, <laughs> uh, there's some people that, you know, there's no ways that, that you know, so, and he's trying to say, you know, so, so you can just love the people you like, you yeah, know, so it's yeah. that kind of approach oh, yeah, to yeah. justify your own action. Whereas then Jesus gives the parable and, and he gives no get out of jail free card, really, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, in, in the whole parable. 
um, you know, the, the good Samaritan, the least the least likely person to show compassion, uh, not only to show compassion, but to show compassion to someone who who uh, would have been his his enemy on, on a dangerous road, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. also uh, provide in very practical ways uh, for that person. You know, uh, there's so many applications for the parable, but the the overriding one, I guess, is look, there's no there's no opt out if we're a follower of Christ, loving our neighbour. Um, it is is part of the deal. Yeah. Um, and, and who is our neighbor? Well, anybody who needs us to show compassion to I them at that. any give, given point. Um, that's not to say, obviously, there's no discernment and there's no, you know, in, you know, we know we can talk for days about yeah. how this practically works its way out, but the principle remains the same. Yeah. Um, and I think what's uh, the, the, my favorite quote, I think I, I've got it in the book, on this whole area is we, we do for one what we wish we could do for everybody yeah. in, the, in that we can see the problems of the world and we want the get out of jail card because we think it's too difficult. Yeah. It's just too hard to show compassion to everybody all the time. Yeah. Uh, but the reality is that God brings a person or a situation in front of us. And if we pour our love into that heart, into that life, into that situation, we do for one what we could, we wish we could do for everyone. God takes that act um, of love, and, and it's an offering to Him, and He multiplies it, love it. you know, in His way, you know, and and that's the test testimony um, of Christ's transformational love um, in our, in our hearts. Uh, and so the Good Samaritan did that. He applied that principle, the least likely person, you know, in, in that context. Um, applied the principle, did for one what he what he could have done, wished he could have done for everybody, wow. uh, and so that's and, and so that's the the critical thing for us. But as you mentioned, it is a choice. Yes. Um, and there's a there's a scripture that says we must clothe ourselves with compassion. Um, and so if we're going to be uh, like the good Samaritan, it's a choice we make in the morning. <laughs> Um, yeah. that says the only way I can really face this day, it doesn't come naturally to me. I'm naturally hard-hearted. Yeah. I'm naturally want to just go about my own business and be, be self-centered. So I need to clothe myself with compassion. And just like I wouldn't get up in the morning and, and face the day, yeah. uh, 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 um, you know, stark naked. So we can't get, we have to get dressed in compassion yeah. uh, and mercy. And that is a choice that we need to put on. Uh, and for that, we need to ask God to strengthen us and say, whatever situation I'm going to face today, whatever difficulties and challenges, uh, help me to have that heart that wants to show the compassion and love. Take away the heart of stone, take away my natural judgmental attitudes, my critical spirit, my look after number one mentality, yeah. uh, and help me serve and love others. Uh, with with the compassion the, the compassion of Christ. Oh, I love that. Love that. Love that. It's intentional. We need to be intentional about clothing ourselves mm, uh, yeah, with with yeah. compassion. Love that so much, Tim. We're gonna go to music break quickly, and uh, when we return, uh, we'll hear more from you. Um, yeah, yeah. On leading with compassion. Thanks so much for sharing in this segment. The sound of the city. One hundred seven point five. What we are sharing this evening, what Tim is sharing even throughout his book, you know, is that when we live lives or lead lives that are compassionate toward others you know we are actually living out what christ is famous for and that is for loving others and that is for living for others you know we we know that this book is entirely written um uh with regard to christ-centered servant leadership and um it speaks into you know christ's model of not coming here to be served uh, but to serve so i'm going to try my best uh 
play another song, get them back online, and then we can uh, cover furthermore the topic that we are discussing this evening, which if you did not know, we're speaking on leading a lead with compassion. And this is Intim's book, the Grabatal book. And it's a book written on Christ-centered servant leadership. 48 minutes past the hour of nine o'clock at CCFM. It's Sean Lee. It's the show voice it. Welcome. If you just joined us, where have you been? Welcome back. Sorry for that, that, that little hiccup. And, um, Listen, so, so, so you, you, there was something I needed to ask you though. So, so w- with regard to this leading with compassion, you know, mm-hmm. you, you said that this is something you need to intentionally do when, like, as when you wake up in the morning, it's something that you must, must put on out. Now, outside of the book, I want to know this to them personally. Does this ever come naturally or is there, uh, you, you have to be intentional? That's basically my question. Does it ever become part of your DNA? I don't know. I think it's probably different for different people, isn't it? I, yeah. You know. Um, so, uh, look, there's this, there's this phrase, isn't there? Compassion fatigue. Yeah. So even the people who who seem to be the most naturally compassionate and want to show love to everybody, and yeah. and uh, you know they're super generous. You know, it seems that even that, you know, people of of, of that persuasion. Uh, get compassion fatigue, you know, if they keep on giving and yeah. never refuel in Christ. Um, so I think that is a real danger. Um, and in leadership, again, you know, these things can drain our reservoir. They, um, if, we, if, we're, if we're having to give, yeah. um, uh, sacrificially give, um, that, that is tough. Yeah. Um, and, and ultimately, it was tough for Jesus, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, his compassion true. led him ultimately to the cross. That's true. Um, so I'm not sure that the cross ever comes naturally to any of us. Um, It's always a decision. There's a a garden of Gethsemane. Uh, There's a not my will, but yours be done for for each of us, really. And I think in this area, it's true. Uh, It's easy to love those we like. It's easy also to love those who are like us. Um, But but the rubber really hits the road when we're having to show compassion to people who are different. They come from different backgrounds. Uh, They may be from a different socioeconomic background. background to us and uh or different culture that we don't fully understand and so uh that's when compassion is really uh necessary yeah. but it's also when compassion is tested so yeah absolutely it's never come second nature to me in that sense you know uh particularly when i'm showing compassion outside of my natural um kind of uh you know my natural Homies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you know that is the best word ever because I am one of your homies. I'd love to believe that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Point yeah. proven. You're you're just too easy to love, Sean. Oh man, you're um, such a nice but, guy. <laughs> I'll pay you later. Your your check is in the mail. Uh, so listen, my friend. Um, uh, the reason I asked that question is because in the book you 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 speak about uh, you know meeting Father Greg Boyle from Homeboy Industries, and um, yeah, you you spoke on on. On, on the way things are done within homeboy industries, this kind of compassion leading to kinship. So, so what, what, what encouraged you, you know, your leadership style um, uh, about their ethos? What was it about the ethos yeah. that encouraged you? Yeah. Yeah. Father Greg Boyle's a bit of a legend. You know, he, he, um, he's got the largest gang intervention in America. Yeah. Um, and um, so, so which are based in, in LA. And I got an opportunity to visit visit homeboys uh, in homeboy industries, yeah. um, where they've got a whole lot of work going on with 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 gang members, people from different gangs, rival gangs, all yeah. working under the same roof and rehabilitating them and offering them a fresh start. 
uh, and so on. And Greg Boyle, you know, he doesn't really fit the mold. You know, he's rather like a bit like a uh, a Father Christmas kind of figure yeah, with his yeah. white beard and, um, you know, and, and uh, well-spoken and, and this, that, and the other. And, and you know, but, but um, you know, he, he, he has, you know, the, the word I would use for him, you know, and, and it's the, the example of Christ, is yeah. this word incarnation. You know, That's he it. entered into the world of people who are very different from him yeah. in order to show them compassion and love. And, and I think when, when he talks about his book, uh, tattoos on the heart. He talks about the transition from yeah from compassion to kinship. Yeah. And so often when we think about compassion, particularly uh, when we're working with people who the poor or marginalised yeah. or gang members or or those that we might consider beneficiaries of our compassion. Yeah. Obviously, sometimes compassion becomes transactional. Right. You know, yeah. I'm the leader or I'm the influencer, and I'm giving you compassion because you have a particular need. Yeah. Um, and that maybe is appropriate as a starting point, but he actually is saying true compassion means we enter into someone's space or brokenness, yeah. uh, and then we journey with them out of that into that. transformation and to hope. Uh, and that then brings us to become brothers or sisters, and that's kinship. It's no longer transactional. It becomes completely relational. And I think that's a massive challenge for us in our leadership, particularly yeah. in a context like Cape Town, where... You know, there's a lot of service provision um, and uh, and a lot of um, need. We know there's a lot of needy people. Yeah. And as Christians, we can have our hearts stirred by the need and think we're going to provide solutions. So we parachute in or we, or we you know, move by temporary compassion. And it's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing, but we provide blankets and we do the things that we do at this time of year to help people in need. And we think that that is compassion. But actually, there's a there's a deeper sense of compassion that, that Gregory Boyle exhibits for us, and Jesus in the incarnation, yeah. who left heaven and be, you know entered into a dirty stable and lived in you know the the outskirts of Palestine yeah. um, in order to demonstrate the love of God uh, with us, that incarnational mandate. So it's about entering into the world or to the space of of. Uh, of someone who's not like us in order to love them and enter into a journey of a relationship with them that can lead them to a better destination. Yeah. And I think that ultimately is the heart of leadership, isn't it? Isn't that yeah. really what, what this is all about? Yeah, yeah, that's so, so true. And, and I mean, if, even if we look at the example of Christ, you know, there, there is this progression in relationship with him. Um, it, it is like we, we start off with this, with a slave, being a slave of Christ. And then, and then Christ says, you know, you're no longer slaves, you know, my friends. Yeah. And eventually, yeah. you know, um, once he is glorified, you know, we, we actually become this co-heirs of Christ, you know, so there yeah. is this, this ultimate progression. His compassion moves us from, one state of sinfulness into this um, state of of not not sinlessness, but 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 a reliance on Him, and ultimately we become kinship of Christ. You know, His brothers, mm-hmm. His sisters, um, and into one another as well. We become that in Him. And um, so, Tim, uh, uh, finally, there, there is this 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 um, compassion being essential for the long wall. How how is that? How is it that compassion is? If you look at the journey that we are going to be walking with people, um, yeah. it, it's not just a once off thing, you know. It's actually, yeah, uh, yeah it's for the long haul. Uh, could could you could yeah. you elaborate on that a bit more? That's well, good. And I think I'm I'm glad you're asking this question. I mean, this is the last of our four conversations, but with a with a with a couple of weeks time, having a bit of a Q and A. But yeah. um, 
you know, we've we've been on this on this journey over the past four weeks, and I think it's important to understand that that servant leadership is about the long haul. It's not about quick fix solutions. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not. Um, compassion is not a moment or an event in time. It has to become part of a lifestyle yeah. that shapes that shapes our leadership, and and that's that's the heart of love and and care that we have um, for others. And I, and I wanted to close with this actually um, the example of one of our heroes within the Message Trust, the ministry that I lead, um, and, and which was originally planted in the UK yeah. uh, thirty odd years ago. And I find Andy, our founder Andy Hawthorne always talks about. And the example of William Booth yes. uh, from the from the Salvation Army, um, and uh, when we love the Salvation Army, Army movement, yeah. particularly in the in the nineteenth century, a radical, gospel centered, compassionate movement working with the poorest of the poor, not just in the UK, um, but uh, but around the world. And and they, you know, William Booth summed up this kind of um, servant-hearted, Christ-centered. Uh, leadership. He, he personifies it is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in many ways, you know, um, there's one, one, a couple of very quick stories. One story about William Booth is, is at one time in the in, in his ministry, um, uh, funds were tight, and I think anyone who knows anyone in, in ministry knows that those times come when there's not not a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and Salvation Army had mini- missionaries around the world, um, and every month, I think it was every month. Uh, back then, they didn't have email or even uh, reliable post services for global uh, communications, but they did have telegrams. Yeah. And every month, William Booth would, would send a telegram uh, to, to different parts of the world to encourage his troops around the world who were proclaiming the gospel. Um, and, and how they apparently, how they did telegrams, you would pay not per word or per paragraph, but actually per letter. Wow. Um, and so the letter that was typed on the telegram and then dispatched around the world, which was obviously incredible technology for the, for the day, uh, you had to pay per letter. And funds were so tight um, that he could only afford uh, a six-letter word. Yeah. And so his message that he sent out to Salvation Army troops was the word others, wow. O-T-H-E-R-S. And he was reminding his 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 missionaries, his church around the world, that their entire focus, the heart of compassion that they had, their focus was on others, on serving, um, and and that, you know, the organization didn't exist for the benefits of the missionaries or the members of their church. They existed for the benefits of others. Um, And and William Booth, incredibly, um, you know, kept this passion throughout his life for others. Um, and I managed to fuel throughout his life this this desire to serve the least, um, the last, uh, and the lost. And that's yeah. why I say compassion is the fuel that helps us for the long term, because oh. we need to clothe ourselves with compassion in order to see that long-term uh, transformation. And there's this beautiful quote from William Booth towards the end of his life, uh, where, where he says this, uh, while women weep as they do now, I'll fight. Wow. While little children go hungry as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison, in and out, in and out, as they do now, I'll fight. While there's a drunkard left, while there's a poor lost girl on the street, while there remains one dark soul with a, without the light of God, I'll fight. Wow. I'll fight to the very end. And you, so you can see there is compassion. You know, his compassion for the least, last, and lost, for those in prison and out of prison, those lost on the streets, the drunkards, those the world has written off his love for them, you know, right at the end of his life, he was still uh, out of a love for them saying the job is not done. Yeah. And so out of his heart of compassion, 
I've got the motivation to keep on keeping on, you know, and and isn't that the, the same for all of us? While That's there's so any person in the world who doesn't know the love of Jesus Christ, a heart of compassion that they are going to a Christless eternity should motivate us to fight, to fight for them, to fight for their rights, to hear the gospel in language that they can understand and, and respond to it in faith. Um, our compassion for you know um, homeless people, our yeah. compassion for for uh, women and, and girls caught up in in abusive relationships, our compassion. While, while these things are still happening on our watch in our generation, that should fuel us with compassion to move away from self-centeredness yeah. and towards loving others. Wow. That's what this thing is all about. Oh, um, and and if and and that's why we lead ourselves, as we've been saying each yeah, week, yeah. Um, um, in order to serve others, wow. uh, in order to get the perspective of Christ uh, and have an impact in the, in our generation. Oh man, Tim, that was so so good. Thank you so so much for sharing that. And I'm 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 always stirred up when I hear that story uh, of William yeah. Booth. You know, he always <laughs> had others at the heart and uh, at the heart. And I can I can truly say that uh, about you. Thank you so much for spending this four weeks with us. Um, it was a wealth a of wisdom, really <laughs> that 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 we we uh, enjoyed. And um, I'm looking forward to that that Q and A session that we will have together at a later stage. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you for this evening. Um, uh, again, just sharing, you know, what I believe is the crux of of ministry <laughs> is 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 really being people who are compassionate toward the things you know that God is compassionate about, and and mm-hmm. let let that lead us, as you're saying, let us lead ourselves and serve others with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there any final goodbyes you want to say? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sounds so no, final, but I mean, like, yeah. It does sound Thanks, John. Uh, it's been great, actually. It's been great to have time over a few weeks to get into the topic. I hope the listeners have, have found it helpful and stirs them on. Uh, just maybe a little bit of a plug for the Gravitar resources that are available. Yeah. Uh, and anyone who wants to head to my website, which has more things on this on this subject, can go to it's just gravitar.site. Um, and then there's there's all kinds of resources uh, that we're continuing to develop. Uh, right now, we're developing a youth series. Uh, for, for Gravitel, some of our colleagues are working on that That's um, as well, because we think serving leadership needs to start young. Yeah. young in a world that is just so caught up with self-centeredness, uh, we need to put it. We need to put a different perspective. And so, yeah, have a look at that. And, and um, if churches want to get into this a bit more deeply, we have um, um, Bible study resources uh, and other things, so that we can really uh, equip one another and sharpen one another um, in this in this critical area. So, if, if you want any. Uh, any of that information, then just get or Sean. He he has my number. Definitely, <laughs> definitely, and 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 uh, um, uh, if with with your obviously uh, with your permission, uh, uh, what what I will do, Tim, if you could do this for me, if if you can put up a post of um, Grabital, I would gladly share that on my side, and uh, then I'll mm-hmm. also continuously uh, just communicate to the listeners that they can do it. You said it was Grabital dot site, eh? That's the website. Oh, that is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Thank you so, so much. Looking forward Mm -hmm. to that youth resource. Once it it is out, I believe that that will be a great blessing to the young people, Mm -hmm. to all people, I guess, in Cape Town. But it's been great, my friend. Um, I, I could keep you online or on air forever. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, but I guess I have to say bye now. You've got a family to go to. Thanks so much for your time, Tom. Thanks, Sean. Cheers, Dan. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.